Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm, how I keep it simple in my homeschool, or you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus. Because I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world and the easier it is to live more simply. Today, I have a special guest once again for quarantine time. I have my husband, Steve DeBuse, with me, and I'm laughing because we are putting this podcast up on YouTube as well, and we are video recording this podcast, and he is already being funny, and we're only 10 seconds in. It was a difficult time to get us to where we are right now. We need a blooper reel because it took us a long time just to set this up. So we are video recording and we are um, putting the podcast up regularly. So if you are listening and you want to see the video of my handsome husband, go to the YouTube channel and check it out. Before I start our conversation, I want to thank my podcast sponsor, Apologia. Apologia is a Christian publishing company. They have amazing homeschooling resources. Right now, there are tons of great deals that you can get for your homeschooling curriculum for the fall. They are Christ-centered, Bible-based, and they are really a good way to equip your family to defend their faith. So go to apologia.com. All right. Are we ready to do this? I'm right. I was ready already. Well, I figured that we have enjoyed, we did two two of these already, I think, during this quarantine yeah. time. We're, quarantine's bringing us together. And I, <laughs> and I feel like, uh, you know, I'm pretty uh, serious often on the, on the, um, on my, uh, what is it? Am I simply living for him page on my devotionals? I've been doing a lot of heart stuff and all that. And I just wanted to do something lighthearted again for so the pod. Yes. Up. For the podcast. So Thank I, you. you have to get closer to the microphone. Oh, I, 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 I feel like <laughs> I'm like, I'm right on top of it. I'll, so, I'll speak louder. Okay. Is that okay? Yes, that's fine. So anyway, uh, I asked him to join me today, completely spontaneous again for the podcast. Cause I figured some lighthearted fun in the middle of what can be trying times. Um, if you are having struggles, if you're dealing with fears or anxiety or just, you know, discontent and worry and whatever, all of those things that all of us are struggling with. I've been doing daily devotionals. They're on the YouTube channel. They're on the Facebook page. And now they are in my brand new Simply Living for Him online community, which I am so excited about. I can't even tell you. It's been less than a week and we have 330 women, probably more as of now, but as of this morning, who have joined our Simply Living for Him online community, which is like my own little online hub. We have Bible studies and scripture memorization and scripture writing challenges, prayer groups, fellowship, It's amazing. I will tell you more about it, I'm sure. Um, I've been talking all about it on my social media this week, but the the daily devotionals are also going up there. There's a whole group in there just for daily devotionals. So it's like an online hub where you can join different groups for different things. We're starting a Bible study this Monday, May 4th. I would love for you to join. Um, So go to simplylivingforhim.com slash community. It is completely free, completely free to join. 
we're just so excited to have women there. If it's free, it's for me. If it's well, no, because you're a man. I know. <laughs> it's only for women. That's literally the you only. You let me test it, and then once yes, I kicked I him was, out, and then she booted me out the door. I let him join the community before women joined the community, so that we could test it out. And then as soon as it was up and running, I kicked him out because it's just for women. That's the only stipulation: is you have to be a woman, and you want to know more about Jesus. It was like you were having women over the house. And you said to me, "Time for you to can leave. Can you can you help me clean? And then once I helped you finish cleaning, you're like, "Oh, someone's at the door." That's so true. Go out in the barn and do That's something. That's so manly. true. It would be like having company and saying, "Help me get ready. Help me clean. Help me get the food prepared." But when they get here, Make I need you to go out to the barn. <laughs> That's what it was. I'm still exiled, never to come back. Well, it's just for women. So it's anyway, okay. I just wanted to say as well about the Simply Living Firm community. It is such a positive and happy, relaxing, peaceful place. That's what everybody is saying. They're loving that it's not part of Facebook or any other social media. And you can come there and just get rid of all of those distractions. And kind of there's a lot of negativity going on and division out there. And so it's just a place to come and be encouraged. It's God honoring. Everybody is so positive and encouraging. So I would love for you to check it out. Come and join us. Just check it out if you want. Simplylivingforhim.com slash community. All right. I have to say just yeah, to how encouraging and exciting it's been to see um, the spark of the idea from maybe the last time we spoke and you, I said, oh, you have no hobbies. And you were like, but this is my hobby. That's right. And you said to me, I think it was that night, you were like, I want to do this thing, this community thing. And I was like, all right, go ahead. That's and, so true. I talked about that today. That was only like, what, two weeks I, ago? Maybe. I, I have to say, I think the whole idea maybe was two or three weeks ago. I don't remember. I lose track of time in this quarantine. But that's so funny because we ta I talked about this on my Facebook Live today. That Steve and I, the last time we did a podcast, we talked about, one. we did question and answers. And one of them was, do we have any hobbies? And I was so sad afterwards because I, I was like, I don't have any hobbies. Like, I, I don't know. I, I kept saying that. What I love to do, I don't know, encourage people, reach people, read the Bible. Like those are the things that light my fire and that I get excited about. And then shortly after that is when I was like, I just had this idea to put together just like one stop place for all things Simply Living for Him. Not a little bit on Facebook, a little bit on the blog, a little bit on Instagram. I just wanted like a one place to do it all. And so we built this online community. We're using an amazing platform that even has an app. So it's so easy to use and accessible. Um, but it's so true. I had this little idea and I said to him, I have an idea. And I do this a lot. I get ideas. I'm, I'm definitely a visionary. I get ideas, but they're not always good ones. But I'm like, I have this idea. Can you help me figure it out? And we hashed it out. And I looked for platforms and found this one. And literally like two or three weeks ago, and honestly, when I say I don't have hobbies, and I don't want to say that like ministry is my hobby, but this is the thing I love to spend my time on. If I have downtime, I'm working on the community. If I have downtime, I'm writing the Bible study. If I have downtime, I'm thinking, how else can I reach people? Like that is what I love to do. And so many people in there are like, oh, thank you for your time and sacrifice. And I'm like, this isn't a sacrifice. I like love to do this. Yeah. I found the thing. I found the thing that like. So you have a hobby now. Lights my fire, I guess. But. I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like it's a hobby. But yeah, so that's the thing that I like to do. So go over and join the community. Um, and Steve will laugh because every time I turn the volume off of my computer for this podcast, but every time somebody 
request to join, it makes a little ding. It so- It literally sounds like my doorbell is ringing. That's the doorbell for me to leave. So I'm always like, oh, there's my doorbell. Somebody's joining. So 330-something times we've had the doorbell ring all day long, and I love it. Every time it rings, I get excited. Great. Okay, so that's enough about that. We are going to do this podcast, like I said, lighthearted fun. I have no idea what Steve has up his sleeve because we're very spontaneous. I was like, let's just do this. Here's the topic. and Yeah, so the caveat to that is that she asked me, oh, do you want to be on the podcast? Sure. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. It's your podcast. And then she said, oh, we're going to talk about this. So come up with three things and we'll do it in a little while. So I only had a couple minutes to prepare. We're just very spontaneous. I don't have anything hardly prepared. You keep We're trying to sneak a peek at my post-its on my leg. He has, and- he has his post-its and I have mine. We are so formal. Um, so this, listen, this, is it May? Tomorrow is May. This podcast will be up May 1st. On May the 13th, we will be married 20 years. And we were supposed to be away for Teach Them Diligently in Denver the week after our anniversary. And we were going to celebrate because it's 20 years. We got married in the year 2000. That's crazy. And here we are in 2020. And um, we were going to talk about on today's episode things that we have learned. I had to think about a second. Things that we have learned in 20 years of marriage. I have no idea what he's going to say. He has no idea what I'm going to say. Quite frankly, I don't really have much of an idea what I'm going to say. But <laughs> I told him we'll go with his his things first, what he's learned. Um, and so, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking at your post-its. So, um, yes, May 13th, we'll be married 20 years. And so I thought this would be fun to talk about what we have learned in 20 years of marriage. I will say we are not marriage experts. I am not here to give marriage advice. I don't feel like we have this, like, everything together. So I'm not trying. But we have a good marriage. Does it have to be, mar- like, all marriage related? Or no. could it just be in general, like, family stuff? and Family and, uh, st- Whatever you want to say. I said anything you've learned in 20 years of marriage. Now, right. it's really hard. When I sat down to write this down literally, like, 10 minutes ago, a bazillion things came to my mind. Like, I didn't even know how to narrow it down. Wow. So it was harder for me because I was like, I've learned so much. But um, I'm, I I think if we start with one of yours, that'll probably get us going. All right. So what is what is something that you have learned in our 20 years of marriage? I sound so old when I say that. 20 years of marriage. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel old. Um <laughs> Um, but let's no, I don't feel old either. Yeah, except except my back when it hurts all the time. Yeah, well, that's just what comes with the ter- territory. All right, so don't forget the microphone. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. So, um, 20 years of marriage. So I guess we'll just start with the easy one, and that would be something that we learned early on, and that was that we have to trust God for every single thing. And trust his plan and not look at um, where the situation we're in, but that God has a bigger plan. And that when we get on the outside of like a part of our life that we seem like, oh, this is going to be awful or this is awful right now. When we look at it on the end of it, when we come out of it, we look back on it and we're like, oh, my gosh, that wasn't that bad. And there was this purpose and that purpose. So, again, just the example of that was when we first got married. And 
I lost my job, mm-hmm. you know, a couple times. And we have plenty. I have an, a podcast episode all about our experience with three job losses. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something that we've talked about. Yeah. We've talked about times. it before. But if you're new to the podcast, you can find that in the archives. But that's one thing that we've learned. So that just carries like, good thing we learned that early on, right? This because is true. that, and there's other things that we dealt with going on in our marriage and that we were like oh, all right we have to trust here we have to trust there he lost his job in our first year of marriage we were out we got married literally right out of college like he'd missed his graduation because we were on our honeymoon yeah it said i was only my we were getting married and i was gonna walk for graduation in the same week and i said i'm only walking down one aisle and that was to get married oh, and i didn't want is that to. so romantic <laughs> um, i had graduated back in january we got married in may I graduated in January. I did not walk either, but it for it's us it was deal. not a big deal. But um, what was I going to say? I just lost my train of thought with that. Oh, we he lost his job right away, like the first year we were married, and I was pregnant because we got married in May, and I got pregnant in July with my daughter Grace, and so then he lost his job in January. I mean, talk about all the life changes that you can have, like major life changes. Get married have a baby, and lose a job. Those are like major life changes and we had them all happen to us at once. But it's true. Have that, having that happen in that first year really set us up to deal with things so much better later on. And even now, I would say like in this whole kind of tension time where there's always worry like with everything going on with the economy now and are we going to be okay? Because we've been through so much with job loss, Hey, we know that God always has a greater plan. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to do another one? Because I'm just thinking of them now. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, no, this is this is something else that um, I always say that um, I had a professor in college and he taught typography, and I always thought that typography was kind of, you know, like we have computers, why do we need? But I appreciate it now. Um, but the one thing I always say that I took from his class had nothing to do with typography, and that was that don't always wait for the perfect time to do something. And his his example was like he was an older guy and he always said that like, oh, I'm going to, you know, he told his wife, I'm going to have a baby when we own a house. I'm going to have a baby when we have X amount of dollars. And that time would never come and he would always put like something else in. And he was always waiting for the perfect time. And that was like a thing. It's like, so... You know, don't always put things off. You have to, again, that goes back to trusting God, right? right. Like you have to say like, oh, I'm not going to, you know, wait like in my time when I think it's perfect to do something. I'm right. going to step out in faith and say, I'm going to trust God that he is going to handle this and I'm going to step out in faith and do it. Right. And I completely agree. If you're trusting God, then you can be assured that it's always the right, perfect time. Right. Right. If you're trusting God and you're letting God lead you, then it's the perfect time because it's in God's timing and not your own. The world will tell you, wait for the, you have this amount of money. Wait, like we didn't have a special ring. He didn't spend, well, that is a special ring. It was his grandmother's ring. Yes. He didn't spend any money on it because we were young. Why spend money on like, you know, people spend like so much money. And we were like, we want to get married. We've got a ring. Let's do it. I would even go back in time if I could and make things a little simpler with our wedding. But our wedding was very special. But we got married and, uh, you know, I remember I was like, I'm ready to be a mom. All I ever wanted to do was be a mom and a stay-at-home mom. And we were right out of college and here I was 
newly married and we got pregnant right away. And I remember it was just like almost, you know, weird because we were young. Don't you want to live your life first? And we were like, no, I feel like this is living our life. This is what I want to do, have babies. And, you know, I quit my job before I had the baby knowing I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. And we just trusted. I just knew that was what I wanted to do. We were young. He had his very first real job and then lost it while I was pregnant, right? I mean, what a faith journey that was for us because young, newly married, um, and I'm not trying to make this sound like we were so irresponsible because we really trusted that God would provide, and he did. He always provided work when Steve was out of work. We were living by the grace of God, looking back at that, our first year of marriage, we were actually living in the house I grew up in. My parents had bought a house and they moved out and they said, you could pay us rent while you save your money and you can stay in the house until you're ready to buy a house. Thank God we were living there. And when he got laid off, because I didn't have this landlord to answer to, I had my parents. And so they were a little forgiving. And so we had been paying them rent and not very much rent. And, you know, it was just so wonderful that God truly provided. And I wouldn't do things different in a million years because we learned so much Mm -hmm. that through that whole thing. Our faith, really, that was really the beginning of a lot of our faith journey that first year and getting closer to God and um, always realizing that we had to seek him first. And so when we say that, you know, don't wait until you're ready, it's not to say that you shouldn't be responsible, but there's a big difference when you are actively seeking God in your decisions first and you're trusting God. Like I knew that I did not want to... Um, have a job and, and, and have a baby and wait, you know, I wanted to be home with my baby and I trusted that, that God would honor that decision. And so I don't want it just to sound like, you know, just throw caution to the wind and do whatever you want, whether you're prepared or not, but it's really a faith journey with God at the center, which would obviously bring us to probably one we both wrote down. I think the number one thing we probably learned in our marriage is to keep God at the center. Yes. Right. I mean, yeah. obviously, it's it's everything we do is always goes back to, you know, with God at the center. I didn't write that one down. I just figured it was a gimme. I'm, yeah. I mean, but I'm saying we would both agree, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, that that is probably the number one thing that we have definitely learned. And there's been times where, you know, you don't, you kind of stray and you put yourself first and you think about all your wants and desires. But we always go back to putting God at the center and trusting him and knowing that he will lead the way. All right. So what are some of your other ones? Wait, I gave the first oh, one. Oh, but you said you, you had tried, another one. You tried to, you tried to you get. All right. I got a good one. This isn't like some great like life uh, lesson. This isn't like some big spiritual lesson. But it's a practical lesson. And I believe Steve will probably turn it into a spiritual lesson or something. Always spend money on the good thing that will last. Okay, so for instance, I I was going through vacuum cleaners at one time like every year. Because I'm like, we just got to spend the cheapest amount and just get a vacuum cleaner. And then it would break. And then we'd buy another one. And he'd be like, buy the expensive one. Because it will last. And I would be like, no, we can't buy the expensive one because we need to buy the cheap one. Yeah, we probably bought three. (laughs) We probably bought five expensive ones. Yeah, we bought five expensive ones. Or like our washer and dryer would break. And I'd be like, just go to Lowe's and get the cheapest one because I need a washer and a dryer right now. We don't have any extra money. 
And then, you know, it breaks in three years and you're buying another one. And he always says, I'd rather spend more on something that will last than just be cheap. And over the years, he's taught me that. And I have learned that that is the way to go. And it still is hard for me to let you buy the expensive thing. It's not in everything. No, believe me, we are not like luxurious. Like, let's face it, I mean, a generic. But we're pretty, we're pretty, yeah, we're pretty cheap on on many things. This is true. You know, I just think equipment. But when you're buying something like an investment or you're, you you know, something that, like I said, like an appliance or he has taught me that. And so, like I said, that's not a big life lesson, but I think it's a good lesson that I've learned because I'm always cheapo out and like just buy the cheap thing. And then you end up fixing it or you end, it ends up breaking. It ends up breaking and then we just end up buying a new one anyway. So you might save yourself money if you listen to Steve and buy the more expensive one that will last longer. There you go. Okay, so that now it's your turn. That was easy one. <laughs> I thought you'd turn that, that into one. some kind of like lesson. I don't know. That's a good one. I don't know. What's Make the, eternal the investments in heaven or that's, something. That's... I mean, well, now you t- gave me 15 minutes to write three, and now you want me to I- improvise on yours. <laughs> work. All right, go ahead. All right. Um, let's see. Um, so this is more of a... a, a oh, I'm sorry. Um, this is more of a, like, family one, and it's kind of something I've tried to adapt um, for myself. Um, so the... I wrote it down quickly, so it might need a little massaging, but (laughs) understand and identify your shortcomings and be open with your kids about them and encourage them not to let those shortcomings become them and to be to like to um, identify your shortcomings and try to change them so that you could be a good example to them. All right. Let's give us an example because you just lost me a little halfway through. Just give me a practical example. So, like, I'm going to say, I don't know. Like, I identify, like, as me as a person, identified things, just say, like, that my dad did growing up. That I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, my dad smoked. Mm -hmm. And I, I, like, took a stand and he didn't do that. But I I myself said, I'm going to change that for my kids. Right. I'm not going to make that something that's normal in my family. And... I would say our kids don't even think about smoking, mm-hmm. right? Because that's not something in our family that we do. Right. Or like swearing. Right. Like we don't do that in our family at all. Right. Ever. Right. So that's not something that I think they would do. So that small change. You change is, the tra- is, tra- trajectory. Right. Like I've taken something out of the, out of our life that was a negative thing and was able to change it. So that's something going forward that they don't have to work on hopefully they don't have to work on changing it's just something that's normal for them right 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 so and that and when i say like help identify so like you know my shortcoming i would say maybe i don't listen as good as i should in our relationship in our marriage it's because you have such tiny ears so this is just an aside we talked about this on the podcast how i feel like steve doesn't listen but we also think that's like a man thing that they just hear differently but the other day we were laughing the kids were laughing because steve has abnormally small ears so now that we're on video (laughs) and and they're so cute tucked into your hat so then the other day as a joke the kids were like i know why you always say daddy doesn't listen it's because he has really small ears 
All right, go on. So I don't listen, or you don't listen. Yeah. So that's like one thing that I always say, like I need to work on, right? So going forward, when they get married, that would be something I would try to emphasize to them is like, listen, I made some mistakes and I did this wrong and, you know, it may have hurt your mother's feelings at times and she might not have felt listened to and don't do that to your wife. See how it had negative effects on me and change that for you. Mm-hmm. And and that changes, they change that in them, which in turn changes it for their... And for generations their, their and gender. generations and right. generations. That's good. So that's just something that I you know, I, I think like... Well, that's really good because you're, you're not thinking about just the here and now. You're thinking about the generations that right. we affect. I mean, if I could chip away something on that thing that they don't have to think about that becomes normal to them, then that's not something that they have to think about changing for them and gives them something else to focus on mm-hmm. that they can improve themselves. That's a good one. Thanks. It's like a, a piece of marble. You, know, you chip it away until it becomes <laughs> a beautiful sculpture. So that's the chip away for them. That's good. That's a good one. What else do you got? <laughs> I told him to do this and I, I didn't write any you, down. I, if I, I just feel like there's so many lessons. I almost don't know how to narrow it down. Like, I mean, I could just name a lot. I mean, there's good, like there's big ones. There's all right, go ahead. You little name ones. One and maybe I can help you expand on it. Because if I mean? give you one more, then that's all I have. I get, You said three. And I've given you like three already. <laughs> I added one in. I I I've, should have made this a competition. You would have lost. <laughs> I know, but then I know that you would have. I would have won. I would have had to go on. I could have sat here and twiddled my thumbs and looked at you. All right, so I didn't write very many down. I just assumed that I'm, this is something that I've learned, not in 20 years of marriage, that I just learned about myself. I do speaking and videos, and this is part of what I do. And I do it all off the cuff. I am not good planned. When I go speak at conventions, I don't have a speech. I have notes, but I don't look at them. I have my slides. Everything is always off the cuff. If I have to do something planned, to me, I don't know. It just, it's hard. So I just assume, well, we'll get on here and we'll just talk. And I'll just go with the flow. (laughs) Go, flow. (laughs) So I've learned about myself. I do better when it's not planned. But hey, I like to be real. I like to just be to be me. I think you're skirting, not giving us something to learn. <laughs> He's calling me out. Um, always listen to your husband. No. You know what's something that I wouldn't say that I've learned? Well, it is something I've learned. But I want to share this with you guys. Steve's grandmother and grandfather. I think about this all the time. Here's a really good marriage if we're going to give marriage advice, it's not mine. It's from Steve's grandma. She was married 75 years to her husband. He died when he was 102. She is 98. She is still living. Um, They were married a week shy of their 75th wedding anniversary. And they had a beautiful marriage. And she told me one day, I remember clear as day, sitting with her at the kitchen table at your mom's. And she was just like, you know, people ask me why, you know, we're married so long. And this was before he passed away. And she said, um, this one always stuck with me. She said a couple of things that she would advise anybody on a long marriage. And she said, and I think I've told you this, always make your husband feel, as she said, like this. If you're watching on video, I'm showing you what she said. A little more. (laughs) 
a little more than he is. And that sounds almost like, huh? Like, elevate him a little more. And we don't hear anything like that in this day and age. It's always like, you know, oh, the husband. I don't know. I think in our society, it's always like the husband, for some reason, is supposed to make the wife feel so you know, elevated. And it's always like, you know, fight for your own feelings and your way and all that. And this was so contrary to that when she was like, you know what, if, if you're making him feel a little more like and you make him feel a little better about himself, she kind of just said it bluntly, like even if he's not good in this like aspect of whatever it is, just make him feel a little more. And I thought that was such a picture of you know, what it says in the Bible about putting others first and considering others above yourself. And there's, um, there's so many verses, but in, in Philippians, it says, you know, consider others above yourself. And just that kind of, it's kind of like that selfless, selfless act, because nowadays we all have our self-esteem and I want this and you should treat me well and all that. And this isn't to be in like an abusive way or something, but just like, you know, let's, elevate the other person a little bit what harm can it do but to make them just to puff them up a little bit I don't know not in a bad way she didn't say in like a a bad way you know what I mean just in a way that always stopped and made me think and she also said and I know like people hear this all the time and again not to be like in a oh I'm like a doormat because your grandmother is not a doormat she speaks her mind but she also said there's times where you need to just be quiet and there's no reason to argue about it and just let it go. And again, not in a way where you shouldn't, you know, stand up for yourself if you're being abused or anything like that. But there is a time to shut it, <laughs> right? Where it just is like, is this a hill I'm willing to die on? Like if I want to have peace in my home, do I really need to be right every single time? And I just thought that was such a beautiful picture of what marriage is supposed to be in putting another person first. Because I think, quite frankly, in our day and age, you know, definitely outside of, you know, Christian circles, people in our society are taught that your needs and your wants are what's most important and your spouse is supposed to meet those. But then you have two people like... I want my way and the other one wants their way. And then we wonder why there's so much discord in marriages. So if we, I mean, Steve puts me first all the time. I would say he is like his grandmother. He probably does elevate me when I don't deserve to be elevated. And he probably many times keeps his, I know he does many times keep his mouth shut when he could say more. And just the mere fact that he literally brings me my coffee every single morning. That's like the biggest thing in the world to me. He literally brings me my coffee every single morning. Like he just does these tiny little things. He doesn't have to do like spend money on anything or buy. I don't need anything. He doesn't have to buy me anything. He doesn't have to do anything grand. It's just like doing the littlest things to really live out what the Bible says about putting others first and considering others' needs before your own. And I think when you talk like that in today's world, people are like, oh, you're just wanting to be a doormat or, oh, that's an open door to abuse or whatever. But it's not because if you're both doing it, there's nothing abusive and there's no doormats because you're both respecting each other and you're both considering each other's needs before your own. How was that for unplanned? That's <laughs> See, I work better unplanned. But, you know, 
So I really learned that, and I'm still learning this, and sometimes I hear grandma in my head say, like, Karen, shut it, because sometimes I feel like I want to just, and I do have that weakness where I just want to be heard, I want to prove my point, and we probably argue about that more than anything, like, can we just drop it? I mean, both of us sometimes carry it on, I would say, probably me more than you, but sometimes it's like, is this really necessary? And I've learned, I've actually caught myself a lot more lately, especially in quarantine time, when we're all home together, doing just that, being like, do you really need to vocalize every little thing that annoys you? Because I struggle with that. I feel like I need to vocalize. Stop biting your nails. Stop tapping your foot. (laughs) And I know it's not okay to do that. And I am, I do, I keep hitting the microphone. And I do, um, I do realize that that is just nonsense. And that is not considering the other one above, them, above themselves. So I, I am working on that. But I think if there's anything I've learned in quarantine time, like I, I know I hear families are like going nuts because, you know, it's hard to be together all the time. Like we all wanted family time, but I think a lot of people are like, well, not this much, right? Because we're just not used to it. But I don't feel like we've had discord being all together. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like it's helped me to really hold my tongue and to really realize that, you know, everything isn't all about me not being annoyed or me being comfortable or whatever it is. And that would bring me to my other thing that I wrote down, which is, I mean. You're doubling up. No, this is my last one because I only wrote two down. But I gave you three because I talked about what grandma said. Number two is my grandmother's. But I learned it in marriage. I learned it during these 20 years, which you said, anything we learned during these 20 years. I mean, there's so many things. I'm sure I could come up with more if if you get my mind going. But, I mean, honestly, what I think I've learned in marriage or in these 20 years is, and I would say that you would probably say the same, our marriage and our family and our life together, it's not about me and what I want, which I know when I was a young 20-whatever-old, 24-year-old getting married, that's what I thought it was about. Oh, this is going to be all about me and my happiness and my happy ever after. And it's not about you and what you want, and I don't know what you were thinking about as a young 20-whatever-year-old. But it's all about what God wants for our family. It's all about what he has wanted. When we, when I look back at the 20 years, our marriage looks nothing like I think I thought it would, but it's 100 million times better. It doesn't have any of the things that I thought in my grand scheme. You know, I mean, it's, a, it's above what I expected, really. But a lot of that has to do with surrendering to God's plans and surrendering to what God wants and so, you know, marriage is not just surrendering to your spouse. It's really surrendering to God together. It's not about what I want. It's not about what he wants. It's what God wants for our family. And maybe the circumstances aren't ideal. Many seasons you go in and out, like job loss and hard times and different things. And I've talked about this a lot in my devotional videos lately. It's not about changing the circumstances that you're in. It's about you changing in the circumstances. And that's what I've seen in our marriage is like, these are not the circumstances I thought we were going to have. And like I said, they're far better, many of them, but there were hard seasons. Mm. But he has changed me so much in the circumstances, which is far more important than God, you know, giving us an easy, comfy life. Mm -hmm. If you hadn't lost your job and we had everything so easy, 
I wouldn't have changed in those circumstances. Right. So it's I want everybody out there to remember that whether you're, you know, listening to this and you're married or not, because this is a life lesson for all of us. I mean, all of these things are life lessons for all of us. What grandma said about putting others first and, you know, about it not being about me, but it's really about God. He's writing our story. I thought I was writing my story as a young bride. He thought you were probably, you were writing your own story, what it was going to be. But it's really about God has written our story. And it is far greater than if you had told me 20 years ago that we'd be doing any of this now. I can't even. I can't even. I'm going to cry. <laughs> it's far above. It's like Ephesians 3.20. It's far more than I could ever ask or imagine. And... You know, so marriage isn't about what I want or he wants or me writing my story um, or him writing his story. It's really about God writing our story. And I think as you were saying, I was just thinking we have to turn the pages of the story together. Because if you read ahead. It's a good one. And I'm a slow reader. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm a couple pages behind. Then that's not going to work. And the story he is a slow re- reader. The whole family, except Grace and I, it's all the men in this family are slow readers. And sometimes, you know, we need to be on the same page so that you can explain what's on that page. And we can say, oh, let's talk through this instead of you saying, I saw that already. And I'm, I'm moving on. Or like, hey, wait, yes. I didn't get to that part yet. And sometimes that means... Like I said before, putting others' needs above ours, slowing yeah. down a little bit and reading the book together. Yeah. And God has a plan for us both. Yes. Together. Yes, together. Uh, he brought us together to reveal the story to us and bring us together to say, here's. Right. You know, we have to work as a team. Absolutely. Because that's what marriage is. You are one now, right? And that's the thing. Many people in our society, that's what they forget. Or they don't, maybe because they're not, you know, following really biblical principles of marriage. It's one person wants one thing, another wants another thing. But we forget that a marriage is, you are no longer your own self. Mm-hmm. You are truly like a new person together. And that's what you go forward on. And that's why I think there gets to be so many rifts. And that's why I think your grandmother's advice was so good. Because, you know, it's that whole like, elevating a little bit because and keeping the peace a little bit because you're unified. You're not just doing what you want, because that's, that's not a marriage then. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything else on your list? (laughs) I do. I have one more. Okay, let's Uh, hear it. So the last one I had was... Oh, no, why? You're making a face like... I can't tell if it's like going to make it like... It's like a serious one or you're just not oh, no, happy no, no, with no. it. I, I don't know. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I, no, I don't know. You. That's that's another thing I've learned. I read way too into it. He's like, I'm just talking. I'm like, no, you're making a face. You mean that... Do other yeah. women out there do that? I'm like, ah, you're making a face. I figured... <laughs> I figured it out. I know your intentions. He's like, I'm literally just reading off the paper. <laughs> yeah. See, she made a whole big thing. I was just, she had me like, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I was like, oh no. I looked down at my leg to see what I had written. And I thought to myself, hmm, is this going to be a good one to finish on? That's basically what I was thinking. You had me pegged as it being a. I know. My mind, my mind needs to just be quiet. Okay, here's just Grandma listen. telling me, shut it, Karen. Be quiet. Elevate. Elevate. Okay. Love, let's hear what wonderful <laughs> I don't, I don't think it's wonderful. thing you have next. All right, so this is the thing. And it's, a, it's just a little um, illustration too. So understand 
But the lens I see things through is not the lens that you see things through. This is true. And my, um, so, you know, not lenses like rose-colored glasses I was thinking for us. I was thinking more of the fact that you see things, you are, like we were talking about that, what is it, an anagram? The anagram, yeah. yeah. So, um, this is the Steveagram. Okay. You are a microscope. <laughs> And I am binoculars. You came up with that in yeah. like two minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I tend to walk around the world looking at the trees. I <laughs> at the same time. And if you guys aren't watching the video, now you need to go to YouTube because we both just made our binoculars at And the same I tend time. to walk around life looking at the trees. And binoculars are something that you usually use for fun. You look at You birds. made all this up on the spot? yeah. yeah. So you look at birds, Pastor you Steve. enjoy <laughs> you enjoy the scenery. That's me. I enjoy Oh my gosh, this is so true. I enjoy looking through the binoculars and seeing things. You know, I might miss things that are right in front of me because I'm looking through the binoculars. I didn't get this so off of grandma or anything. I totally and made he's it gonna, myself. And then he's gonna tell me I'm a microscope. You on the other hand or a microscope. I analyze You're, everything. You analyze everything, like my facial expressions. <laughs> you this tend is to so see good. things very small, and you analyze what's in that I don't little... know if I see things small, because I look at the big picture at everything. Well, you, but you start small, and you tend to pick the things apart. The analyzing I get, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. pick things apart. And a, a microscope is more for technical... And it's more scientific. I'm not saying you're scientific, I'm but I'm saying like, really no, no, no. But like, you know, you're you're focused. That's it. <laughs> you're focused. You like, exactly like your community thing. Mm-hmm. You said, oh, I'm gonna, you know, do this thing. Boom. Let me get to the microscope, and I'm gonna narrow it down. And I'm gonna focus, and I'm gonna boom, boom, boom. There is no way you next could have put day, that together in two next weeks. Next day, Steve, I got. I the wrote a Bible, Bible study. I got all this stuff. <laughs> I designed the whole Hold community. Uh, 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 okay. I am very focused. That's so true. When I, 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 I almost look at that community, I'm like, how did this happen? Well, I know that it was God. But I think if that was you, you would it would have taken you a long time. Not because I'm better at it. It's because you just would have taken, like, I get really focused and you don't. We all know that. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, that's a, oh, look, affiliated woodpecker. Right. That's what I'm trying to, yeah. He would, he, it would not, yeah. Okay, go on. So, I uh, know that was pretty much. So, you're the so, binoculars and I'm the microscope. How romantic. Yeah. <laughs> Your parents are peanut butter and jelly. We're binoculars and uh, microscope. Yeah, my parents are so cute. They're married 50 years. They're going to be married 50 years in June and we can't have a big party right now because of the quarantine, but. They call themselves peanut butter and jelly because they do everything together. And they say they're like peanut butter and jelly. So that to me is really cute. But Steve's saying that we're binoculars in a microscope. <laughs> it's all about I, I don't it's, know if but it's, it's cute, but, but it's, it's true. It's true, right? It's true. And I mean, you only gave me 15 minutes to think about it. I so thought just that's imagine, really good So imagine in you gave 15 me some minutes. time. Because it's true. I will like zoom in on like what's going on right now and analyzing all that and you're just like i'm just out here to enjoy the scenery yeah i just want to see the big picture i just want to kind of you know mm-hmm. it's just how it is all right binoculars and a microscope so i mean sometimes i have to look at the the microscope i'm like a petri dish you know 
<laughs> I didn't say you were the Petri dish. I said you were analyzing the Petri dish. You look at beautiful birds and woodpeckers and uh, trees, and I look at bacteria. No, but yeah, you know what I mean. I do. Anyway, that's a, I mean. that was a very good point. You, well, that was really good. I think we should end it on that because that was just so... You're good at illustrations and analogies. Oh, thank you. Elevating you. <laughs> Wait, does that mean it's not true? You're just telling me that? Now he's going to think I'm... No, and your grandmother, I want to clarify. What when she said, you're making mean? I'm not. Oh, stop. And when she said, like, elevate, it's not even in a way to make it like, oh, make him better than he is. Just kind of like squash your own pride and just kind of like let him be elevated kind of thing. You know, I don't I don't want it to sound like she was like, oh, just make him feel good, even though he's a schmuck, because certainly you're not. But she wasn't saying like lie. Just like, you know what? Make him feel good. You know how you do with your kids? Good job. Good job. You know, and I'm not trying to compare you a kid, but you know what I mean? You have that instinct that you are rooting for them. Yeah. That you are wanting only the best for them. That they are truly the cutest, best little kid you ever saw. Because you're their mother. That's like how you feel. That's how we should feel about... That's how we should feel about our husband. Like, and I tell you that... I do tell you that you're the best husband in the world. But... You know what I mean? It's that same kind of, I think, elevation that she's talking about. Like, root for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, make them feel like you're cheering them on. And put aside your own, like, whatever, selfish stuff sometimes. And just make them feel a little bit bigger than, bigger than life. So, those are some of some of the things we've learned in 20 years of marriage. I know there are many, many more. more if you gave us a little more. We than could do minutes. a part too. But this I think was good just to again, lighthearted fun during this time. Um, I've been talking about I feel like a lot of serious stuff every day on my daily devotionals, and so I wanted the podcast to just be something where you didn't have to think about anything too deep, right? And just get some wisdom and hear some fun stuff. And um Maybe just look at marriage in a different way, whether you've been married for, you know, 50 years if you're listening or you just got married or you're not married at all. I think there's life lessons here for all of us, no matter what age and stage of life you're in. Do you have any final thoughts since you're so wise, so wise with the binoculars and the microscope? Elevate. <laughs> now he's get, now every time I say something to him, he's going to do this. He's going to think I'm elevating. But like this, I'm doing this. <laughs> But anyway, so 20 years of marriage, and we hope for 20 million more. Wow, that's a lot. And uh, we'll be celebrating here at home in quarantine time, but that's all right. Things things will start opening up, and we'll get to go out again. We want to go back to our honeymoon. We went to Santa Fe, New Mexico. Yeah. And we would like to return when all this is said and done, since I have travel credits to use, since my speaking events were canceled. (laughs) so anyway thank you for listening again if you want to join the simply living for him community go to simplylivingforhim.com slash community it's a wonderful wonderful encouraging positive god honoring joy-filled community it really is it's one of the ladies wrote today i feel so peaceful when i'm in this app and i was just so grateful for that and so um again if you're listening this is also available on i um itube YouTube, and you can listen to this on um, the podcast or go watch the video on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. The devotionals are also going up there. Um, anything else you want to say? No, 
we are 47 minutes. I know. We went long, so we're going to end this now. But I hope you enjoyed listening. Let me know. Share this um, or tell me if you liked it. Email me, comment, wherever you're seeing it. And let me know what you think. Let me know what you've learned in your... Oh, yeah. Maybe somebody can share something with us. I'd love to hear what you guys learned. So we can continue the conversation. Reach out and let me know. And until the next time, I wish you blessings and joy.